So I'd like to start this morning with a story for the children. <clears throat> I shouldn't say just children, but for everyone here. Hopefully you'll understand the story a little better as we go along. But does God care about Christmas? Well, I don't know how much God cares about Christmas, but He cares about individuals that are experiencing Christmas. There once was a young man, <clears throat> I say young man, he was fairly young, maybe early to mid-teens, you don't remember, don't know his age exactly, <clears throat> excuse me, and his family faced some hard times, and Christmas was coming around, and this young man didn't have anything to give to his family, and, but he was a deer hunter. And so Christmas morning, he got up and he thought, well, I'll go deer hunting. Now, he wasn't a very good deer hunter. He hadn't killed many deer. He had, didn't have anybody that he really hunted with a lot to teach him, so he's kind of learning as he went. And so he was kind of, it'd be a miracle. He knew it'd be a miracle if he got a deer that morning, but he would try because it was Christmas morning. And so he headed to the woods early. And he prayed, Lord, I'd like to give, give something for my family. Well, he didn't see very many deer normally, because just weren't many deer. And if, it, they, if he did, they were normally does, because that seemed to be the only thing around, and it was buck-only season. So what was the chances of seeing a legal deer on Christmas morning? Well, you know, it wasn't long, and a little four-point buck came along. And that young man had a present, had something to give to his family for Christmas. You see, God cares about people. Christmas is important, but God cares about people. And we talk a lot about Jesus at Christmas. We talk a lot about Mary and Joseph and the wise men. We hear a lot about the shepherds and what happened in the manger and the angels. But what about the father heart of God? What about the one that was behind it all? Who is the father? Who is the one that cared enough to send a four-point buck, a legal deer for that young man. And there's many, many stories like that at Christmas time. It's one that stuck with me. Who is this God that masterminded this whole thing? Masterminded Christmas. Now, he didn't mastermind Christmas, but he did plan to send his son to the earth. Himself incarnate. We don't, sometimes that's so hard to grasp. We've sung about it. We've talked about it this morning already. <clears throat> In fact, I think I'll look back at this song right now. The wonder of wonders, as she looked on his face, that this little boy spoke the worlds in their place. Somehow God the Father, Jesus was with, there with God the Father. The stars and the moon shining brightly on them, the earth and the sun were created by him, by this little baby. 
I'm going to read verse 4. The wonder of wonders as the Father looked on. In eternity past, <clears throat> this was His Son. He sent... He had sent him to die on Calvary's tree, and that is the wonder of wonders to me. The wonder of wonders, oh, how could it be that God became flesh and was given for me? The Almighty came down and walked among men and died on the cross for every man's sin. Thank you again for singing that song. So who is this Father? What is the Father heart of God like? Well, as we were coming into the Christmas season, I just felt led to, be, to read through Isaiah again. And as I was thinking about this message this morning, it seemed like there was five chapters that were impressed on my heart. So we're going to look at Isaiah chapters 40 to 45 this morning. To see if we can get a glimpse of who this Father is. Now these chapters are only a tiny portion of the, of the Scripture we could use. But this is where I felt God led me this morning. And as we read through these Scriptures, I hope there's a lot of other prophecies and Scriptures that come to your mind that would fit. Because there's so much in Scripture that could be added into what I'm going to read this morning. But I felt like I was supposed to keep it to these five chapters. And I'm not going to read all of these five chapters. Um, but I would like to look at a lot in them. Now if you remember, I started my last message here at the peak with a series of questions about who God is. Questions that I asked, that I had thought of. And I want to start with those same questions again. Then we'll move into five points, I guess you would say. First one, what God says about himself. I am's. And I will passages. And then the second one, what he says he will do. Third, what he says about Jesus. Fourth, what he says he will do for us. And fifth, his deepest desire for us as humanity. Now, all of these points will come from Isaiah 40 to 45. Like I said, and mostly I'm going to read them from the NIV. So if you don't have a parallel Bible this morning, you could just listen or try to follow along in the King James. And I will make a few comments as I read these scriptures. But mostly this morning we will be reading scripture and I want to let the word speak to our hearts. I'd like to bow for a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for who you are. Father, we ask your Spirit's guidance this morning. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts to see you in a new light, to see who you are and your incredible love for humanity. How that a God like you could come down to us and love us is incomprehensible. We thank you for it, Lord. May your Holy Spirit guide and direct us, we pray. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to ask the questions that I asked two Sundays ago. So who is the most creative, poetic, <clears throat> imaginative, skilled, and passionate being that you know? 
course, it's God. Who is very interested in your well-being, joy, peace, and fulfillment? It's God. <clears throat> Who cares so, mo so much about you that he set an example of resting and recuperating and told us to follow? It was God. Who created so much beauty and diversity in nature that we could spend our entire life trying to discover it all and we still would have only scratched the surface? It's God. And my list of questions could continue because there's a lot of questions I have that I don't have answers for about God. So now I'd like to look at what does God say about himself. Let's turn to, turn to Isaiah 40. And what, <clears throat> what I've done is gone through these five chapters. And we're going to look at the different passages in these five chapters that describe the question we're asking. What does God say about himself? Let's, let's look at the I am passages. Isaiah 40 verses 12 to 18. Who has measured the waters in the hollows of his hand, or with the breadth of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who has understood the mind of the Lord, or instructed him as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him, and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge, or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the island as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor is animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. To whom then will you compare God? What image will you compare him to? Let's jump down to verse 21. I want to read verses 21 to 26. Do you know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and his people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them, and they are wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? <clears throat> Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? <clears throat> Excuse me. He who brings out the starry hosts one by one, and calls them each by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. Let's go over to chapter 43. Verses 10 to 17. 43 verses 10 to 17. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me, <coughs> no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. 
I have revealed and saved and proclaimed. I, and not some foreign God among you, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am He. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He, has, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. And verse 17 there is talking about the crossing of the Red Sea and how he drew all the, those horses and chariots into that sea. And then they were all covered up, snuffed out. Let's go to verse chapter 44, verses 6 to 8. <clears throat> verse 6. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first and I am the last. Apart from, the, from me there is no God. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me <clears throat> what has happened since I established my ancient people. <clears throat> Excuse me. And yet, and what is yet to come? Yes, let him foretell what will come. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? Let's go to, to verses 24 to 28. Chapter 44, verses 24 to 28. This is what the Lord says, Your Redeemer who formed you in the womb, I am the Lord, who has made all things, who alone stretched out the heavens, who spread out the earth by myself, who foils the signs of false prophets and makes fools of diviners, who overthrows the learning of the wise and turns it into nonsense, who carries out the words of his servants and fulfills the predictions of his messengers, who says of Jerusalem, it shall be inhabited, of the towns of Judah, they shall be built. And of their ruins I will restore them. Who says to the watery deep, Be dry, and I will dry up your streams. Who says of Cyrus, He is my shepherd and will accomplish all that I please. He will say of Jerusalem, Let it be rebuilt, and of the temple, Let its foundations be laid. Now let's read Isaiah 45, verses 5 to 7. <clears throat> I, I am the Lord, and there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, though you have not acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, men may know there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. same God we serve. Let's go back to the I wills. Go back to chapter 42. <clears throat> Excuse me. Verses 13 to 16. 
chapter 42, verses 13 to 16. The Lord will march out like a mighty man, like a warrior. warrior. He will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. For a long time I have kept silent. I have been quiet and held myself back. But now, like a woman in childbirth, I cry, I gasp, and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and dry up all their vegetation. I will turn rivers into islands and dry up the pools. I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. I'd like to go back and look at that for just a little bit. The first part of what we read there, it's like God just cannot hold himself back anymore. But what's he doing? He says he's going to make all these things happen. But what's he really doing? I will turn the darkness into light. I will make the rough places smooth. I will not forsake them. That's what God was panting after. That's what his heart's desiring. To do that in your life and mine. That's the Father heart of God. Let's turn, turn to chapter 44, verses 1 to 5. Chapter 44, verses 1 to 5. But now listen, O Jacob, my servant, Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you? Do not be afraid, O Jacob, my servant. Jeshurun, whom I have chosen, which is Israel. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. They will spring up like grass in a meadow, like poplar trees by flowing streams. One will say, I belong to the Lord. Another will call himself by the name of Jacob. Still another will write on his hand the Lord's and will take the name Israel. God looking forward to a time when he will draw people to himself and they will call themselves Christians. Chapter 45. Another I will. Worry verses 1 to 4. Now this is a prophecy, a very clear prophecy. Cyrus was a pagan king that came 200 years after this was written. God calls Cyrus by name and says, I will use you to deliver my people. <clears throat> Let's read these verses. This is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I take hold of, to subdue nations before him and to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and will level the mountains. I will break down gates of bronze and cut through bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness, riches stored in secret places, so that you may know that I am the Lord." The God of Israel who summons you by name. For the sake of Jacob my servant, of Israel my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. It's exactly what happened. One of the cities, I can't remember the name of it, was Babylon? I forget which one. This Cyrus came in there, well it was, I'm sorry, it was one um, where, Dar uh, where Daniel, the 
Darius was king, the handwriting on the wall, and the very next morning, this Cyrus overtook that city. You know how he did it? History tells us he diverted the Euphrates River till it got low enough that his soldiers could walk into that city in the riverbed. But there were gates of bronze inside the wall that should have been locked, should have stopped him. For some unknown reason, those gates were unlocked. He swung them open and walked into the city. It's not an unknown reason. Prophesied right here. I will. God giving us a description of who he is. Now, what does God say he will do for us? Let's turn back to chapter 40 again. Chapter 40, verses 28 to 31. I'm sorry. I skipped a portion. Let's back up. What does God say about Jesus? Let's go to chapter 42, verses 1 to 7. Very important part, and I want to skip this. Chapter 42, verses 1 to 7. And as I looked at this this morning, as I was going over my notes again this morning, something hit me about this prophecy, if you want to call it that. It's not just talking about Jesus. I'll explain that in a little bit. Let's read these verses. Chapter 42, verses 1 to 7. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring justice. He will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. This is what the God, the Lord says. He who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and all that comes out of it, who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk on it. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles, to open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. On the surface, it would look like that's God saying what he's going to do through Jesus. But I want to look a little bit deeper. The first five verses are very clearly talking about what Jesus did. Let's look at verse 6. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light for the Gentiles. To open eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison, and to release from the dungeon those who sit in darkness. Do you realize that that is you as much as it was Jesus through the power of what Jesus has done? God takes us by his hand and makes us a light to the Gentiles. A covenant. He says, here is J. Roar. Here is Claude. Look at who they are. You are a light to the Gentiles. 
where you're at. That's what, that's what God is doing in your life. Yes, He used Jesus to make that, bring a Savior, but He's also using us. I was inspired by that, that that could be me in that prophecy. Now let's say what, see what God says He will do for us. Let's go to chapter 40, verses 28 to 31. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Absolutely impossible to understand this passage until you've been a born-again believer and experienced the power of God in your life. Physically, this is impossible. Spiritually, it is lived out in our lives daily. We will run and not grow weary. We will walk and not faint in the spiritual walk of life. That's what God is doing for us. Let's go to uh, verses 41, verses 17 to 20. Now these verses give us a beautiful description of the work of God in the life of a person that turns to Him. Let's read these verses. 41 verses 17 to 20. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the desert into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. I will put in the desert the cedar and the acacia, the myrtle and the olive. I will set pines in the wasteland, the fir and the cypress together, so that people may see and know, may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this, that the Holy One of Israel has created it. As you think of your life and the lives of those around you, what is the single most changing thing in the life of any person? That's salvation. God takes the wasteland and desert of our lives and replaces it with streams of living water. Create something beautiful for everyone to see. That's the picture he gives here. He's saying, that's what I'm going to do. And he can do it in any of our lives, that turn our lives, any of us to turn our lives over to him. Let's go to chapter 43, verses 1 to 7. Now this is written specifically to the descendants of Jacob. And if you look, really look at these five chapters and a lot of other chapters in Isaiah, there's a good many prophecies that are written specifically to the descendants of Jacob, to the Israelite people. But as adopted sons and daughters of God, they apply to us also. And some would say that verses 5 to 7... 
as we read this, are a prophecy that started being fulfilled in 1948 when Israel became a nation. And many Jews have been moving back to Israel ever since. It's been one of the biggest migrations the world's ever seen as far as people moving back to a country. It's still happening. So think about that as we read this. Let's read verses, chapter 43, verses 1 to 7. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead, since you are precious and honored in my sight and because I love you. I will give men in exchange for you and people in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. That promise extends to all of us, even though it was written specifically for, for the Israelite people. Everyone who is called by my name, is that you and I this morning? As you think, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Is that physical? We know that we get burned when we touch a fire. No, it's spiritual. When we face really, really hard times, we can walk through that. But we're faced with the fires of life. We can walk through that and not get burned, not be destroyed because of God walking with us. Let's turn to chapter, it's still the same chapter, I guess, 43 verses 18 to 21. See what else God's going to do. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Chapter 44, verses 21 to 23. Verse 21. Remember these things, O Jacob, for you are my servant, O Israel. I have made you. You are my servant. O Israel, I will not forget you. I have swept away your offenses like a cloud, your sins like the morning mist. Return to me, for I have redeemed you. Sing for joy, O heavens, for the Lord has done this. Shout aloud, O earth, beneath. Burst into song, you mountains, you forests, and all you trees. For the Lord has redeemed Jacob. He displays his glory in Israel. It's what God is doing this morning, right here, in you. He displays his glory in his chosen people. Now let's look at the Father heart of God. God's deepest desire for humanity. Let's turn to chapter 45 and look at 15 to 25. Chapter 45, verses 15 to 25. 
Truly, you are a God who hides himself, a God and Savior of Israel. All the makers of idols will be put to shame and disgrace. They will go off into disgrace together. But Israel will be saved by the Lord with an everlasting salvation. You will never be put to shame or disgraced to ages everlasting. For this is what the Lord says, He who created the heavens, He is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, He founded it. He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. I have not spoken in secret from somewhere in a land of darkness. I have not said to Jacob's descendants, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Gather together and come. Assemble, you fugitives from the nations. Now stop there. Fugitives from the nations. Would not that be all Gentiles? Gather together and come. Assemble, you fugitives from the nations. Ignorant are those who carry about idols of wood, who pray to gods that cannot be saved. That cannot save, I'm sorry. Declare what, it, what is to be. Present it. Let them take counsel together. Who foretold this long ago? Who declared it from the distant past? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no God apart from me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none but me. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity, a word that will not be revoked. Before me every knee will bow. By me every tongue will swear. They will say of me, in the Lord alone are righteousness and strength. All who have raged against him will come to him and be put to shame. But in the Lord, all the descendants of Israel will be found righteous and will exalt. Now let's go back to chapter 40. And I want to read this in the King James. We've been reading in the NIV. I want to go to Isaiah 40. And read it in the King James because some of us could probably quote this heard it many times. We're looking at the Father heart of God. Verses 1 to 11. Who is this God that has masterminded this plan of salvation that we're celebrating this morning? What does He really feel in His deepest heart? Isaiah 40 verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it the voice said, said cry and he said what shall I cry all flesh is grass and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field the grass withereth the flower fadeth because of the spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it surely the people is grass the grass withereth the flower fadeth but the word of our God shall stand forever O Zion that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain, O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. 
Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. That's the Father heart of God. He will gather the lambs with his arm and gently lead those that are with young. As we celebrate Christmas, let's remember what it is really all about. God, our Creator, the one that created all that we can see. It says He sits on the circle of the earth and created the heavens as a tent to live in. And we're like grasshoppers. And yet He organized all this to redeem us to Himself. He did it so that everyone on earth would have the opportunity to come back to Him.